if you cross 16, you will have a story for everything. So don't worry. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of NICERcast. This is an initiative by the Science Activities Club here at NICER Bhuvaneshwar. I'm Prala, the fourth year integrated master's student here at NICER and I along with my batchmate Nisar will be the host for this episode. We are glad to have with us Professor Murugandam from School of Mathematical Sciences as our first guest. Professor Murugandam was one of the founding members of NICER and we find it very appropriate and exciting that he should be the one to start off this endeavor. So just before the session, we were looking up on the internet about today's history and we came to know that today is the birth anniversary of Pandit Ravi Shankar. Yeah, we heard that you had an interesting uh, experience listening to him in um, Paris. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? No, I indeed, uh, uh, it's not Paris. It's a city called Nancy. Uh, equally famous city in France. I was with uh, Siddharth Sahi, who is a very well-known established professor in uh, harmonic analysis uh, in India. But yes, you all know uh, uh, a mathematician by default should have interest in music. So this is a testing ground for me. I think I failed to be a mathematician. You should uh, you should understand in the sense that I went there. I was uh, enjoying the ambience. There are a lot of people, and uh, the music was very good. But somehow uh, I I don't know how to appreciate. I should admit it. As uh, I being a South Indian, I know only Carnatic music. I know a little bit. But in any case, that uh, that experience was really memorable, and uh, I'm happy that uh, you recalled uh, his date of birth, and uh, it's really a nostalgia for me. So, as a South Indian myself, who's uh, come up north, I guess anything is up north when you're in Chennai, uh, but. Uh, did, how how was your how was the transition like? So can you uh, take us through your pre PhD days and you know how uh, how the transition was like why you chose to do a PhD and so on? Yeah, from where I should start? I think I should start from my young days, meaning childhood days. I used to be very good in arithmetic, meaning uh, multiplication, division, addition, and so on. And uh, in those days. We learn uh, multiplication tables, not only that, fractions. We learn it, uh, we learn fraction tables. And uh, everybody thought that uh, I'm good at mathematics. Uh, I think I should tell that uh, I'm the first graduate in my family, in my neighborhood. So most of them are uh, not so literate. So I I started loving mathematics. Indeed, it took time for me to understand the difference between mathematics and arithmetic. But in any case, that gave me a lot of impetus 
to get into mathematics. So then uh, I went to college. After that, uh, I don't know what to do. I went for post-graduation. And uh, for some time, I was in Madurai uh, doing PhD because my teachers thought that I can be good at uh, mathematics. I have done my MSc from Madurai Kamaraj University, which is one of the very good universities in pure mathematics in those days. Very great personalities worked there. Uh, for the mathematics students, I only merely point out that the famous M.H. Stone, Marshall Stone of Stone Weister's theorem was an eminent professor there, meaning he used to come every December to listen music, Carnatic music, and then spent some time with uh, in Madurai University. So uh, certainly that's a good place. I joined with PhD. I did not even know what's a PhD. For instance, when I explained this to my parents, they said, oh, still you have to study. I said, don't worry, I get fellowship. How much? Is it a job or a study? So there's a confusion. But in any case, uh, I was there for a while. Then, uh, see, this answer would be a little longer, but it sets the tone for uh, what is to come later. I went to an outreach program that was organized by uh, Indian Statistical Institute in Calcutta in the year 1980. Uh, 1975 or uh, no, no, 1976 or 7, no, 78. There is an anecdote, uh, interesting anecdote about that. Let me not talk about it now, unless you insist upon. Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, sitting in, the, in my room and somebody said that there is a workshop being organized in uh, uh, in Bangalore by ISI, Indian Statistics Institute. So I packed my things, I went there. And uh, I went to that place. And uh, there is a mathematician by name, Aladi Sitaram. Uh, he was the organizer. He came out and asked my name. I told my name. He was searching uh, the names of the candidate. My name was not found. Then he said, uh, did you apply? I said, should I apply? <laughs> and there was a kind of confusion. <laughs> now, I want to say that uh, there, I want to kind of uh, put emphasis for the teachers. Then he made a deal with me. Uh, you wait up to 11 o'clock. If uh, one of the students didn't turn up, you can attend. Then I said that deal was very good. So I said, okay. And uh, fortunately, uh, one of the students did not turn up. Then I attended the outreach program. And uh, that was the outreach program given by great mathematicians, Ashok Maitra, who was a student of Leo, the famous probability theorist and B.V. Rao, uh, who is well-known, uh, Swamesh Bakshi, who was a harmonic analyst. Of course, Aladi Sitara, 
who just joined from the University of Washington, uh, Seattle, uh, in ISI. That was really a fantastic day. I learned a lot. I enjoyed. I enjoyed mathematics there. Then uh, I was interested in harmonic analysis. People told that either you come to ISI Calcutta or go to IIT Kanpur. That is the first time I hear the word Kanpur. <laughs> so I came back, I applied. and uh, But of course, when I went first to the north, it was in December. It was very cold. And uh, it's okay. But I, so you, you see, uh, when I went there first time to meet uh, my guide, his name is Yubi Tiwari, I was not wearing a sweater. Because I did not know that I have to carry a sweater. So he first gave me some money to buy a sweater. So I went out and bought a sweater. And our relations really prospered in the sense that he became a banker for me. <laughs> when, whenever I need money, I go to him. And he will give a blank check. <laughs> So I paid back after I got a job. Well, what I am saying is, it it can be found only in India, the teacher and student relations are much more than professionalism, much more than pro being professional. It becomes, uh, to some extent, sentimental. And uh, maybe you can call Guru Shishya Parambara, some such thing. Yeah, so once you reached Kanpur, uh, when, you know, uh, the initial uh, honeymoon phase of the um, of your PhD program was over, right. how, how was your experience there? Because usually people say that, um, people say that uh, PhDs tend to get harder. See, what happens is they will ask you to read some books. In those days, Unlike the situation now, you only have a library. And in the library, you have to look at the books. There would be some journals. And you have to stumble upon a problem. Problem never comes from the guide. You keep on reading. Suddenly, you may ask a question and look at some journals. There used to be something called mathematical reviews, and you keep uh, looking at it, and uh, somehow you get convinced that that problem is still an open problem, and then try to do it. So now, if this is the situation, the easiest way would be take some results, and you generalize to the next level. In my view, that's not really a very great mathematics, but yet people tend to do that. Then they call it as a, their own research work and so on. So what happens is you take a, so a result on abelian group. Then the next question you ask is what happens on non-abelian? What happens on infinite group? What happens on uh, uh, continuous groups? So then you start answering and this is how being done, meaning in pure mathematics. But applied mathematics, I should admit, in IITs, it's still worse than this. 
you get into computers and do some uh, analysis and then you try to publish mostly in the uh, journals which are not really meant for mathematics for instance journal of mechanics journal of mechanical engineering journal of mathematical models and so on so therefore uh, it is like uh, amateurs uh, there is no professional involved okay coming to my personal interest or research my guide had two virtues i should uh, appreciate now one is his simplicity and the other one is he allows you to learn so uh, i should also say something about harmonic analysis harmonic analysis has a very good connection with the indian mathematicians do you all know harichandra yeah yes there is the institute That's named right. after him eh? there is an institute named after him i see <laughs> okay <laughs> at least as long as when you don't say um mythological character i am happy about it <laughs> so uh, i was looking at a book a voluminous book a very thick book written by vermeer i see in the first paragraph this uh, voluminous book is monumental creation of one person namely harichandra like a child i was curious what is this there is one indian and they talk a lot so i started looking at it after a while it took me to another mathematician by name vs varadarajan who wrote a book on lie groups and lie algebras and representation theory i started reading it but of course it was a top book Uh, this is how it went on like uh, you said holiday or honeymoon and suddenly uh, the reality was uh, looking a blinking upon me uh, i don't know what to do so then i also followed the same path namely you generalize something which is already available <laughs> <laughs> so there were uh, certain banach algebras which are actually the matrix coefficients of representations of groups so it's also part of harmonic analysis and uh, there are some uh, results beautiful results done by a french mathematician that's how my french connection developed so i generalized those things and uh, then i got a phd and i should also say that Uh, my guide was known for uh, abelian harmonic analysis he was a student of uh, henry helsen university of uh, california berkeley and uh, but uh, non abelian part uh, he was apparently not uh, well versed with it so we both were learning and uh, i finished my phd so i came out you mentioned that uh... the research in your days were was much difficult because of limited availability of resources and primarily primarily because there were no computers and the research was and any kind of literature review was limited to the bunch of people you have around in your institute and the library so but 
of course we know today that's not the case nearly every institute and nearly everybody has access to research uh, i mean to research articles and right so do you think the research scenario has changed over the years has improved okay because the resources have come come up very i mean okay yeah then much easier to access huh. yeah it's true uh, i consider myself a bridge between those days and what's happening around now so it has uh, both merits and demerits see what happens is in those days if you are fortunate to be in a good institute like iit kanpur the library is really resourceful i loved i spent 5 years inside the library i used to spend from 8 o'clock up to 8 o'clock in the evening fully air conditioned we have all the books and they were buying all journals but this is a unique feature of only a handful of institutes in india tfr iit kanpur and another one or two iits and uh, it's not the case in other places especially in the universities library was not really that good okay so does it mean that uh, they don't do research it's not true for example uh, in madras university for example there is uh, really a decent very good mathematicians like uh, ct rajagopal banamurthy and uh, so you have uh, in physics uh, g and ramachandran and so on so therefore it's not they actually in those days for instance uh, uh, in a place called uh, anamala university uh, there used to be ganapati uh, iyer was doing good research and also in uh, madras presidency college there used to be somebody by name vaidyanath sami iyer uh, he wrote uh, in those days he wrote a book on uh, topology which still has a lot of information which you don't find in the modern books and uh, he solved uh, the famous kolmogorov conjecture it's a uh, on a it's about uh, locally convex topological vector spaces so therefore uh, the real research was going on no doubt about it in those days also and uh, i still remember when you come to uh, when you come to my office i will i will show you a book on uh, complex analysis which was written by a teacher in a in a college called pacheyappa college in tamil nadu you know that book i bought it from the old paper mart you know the price of the book he uh, wanted to sell for uh, 3 rupees <laughs> and uh, i was arguing for one rupee <laughs> we are crazy he said you see sir it is bound value so you should give me three <laughs> he doesn't even know the contents i will show that book to you 
<laughs> See, for instance, it contains one full chapter on Weierstrass P function, which was really the research that time going on elsewhere in the world. So uh, that is one of the uh, such things were happening. You don't find even in modern complex analysis books on the Weierstrass P function. If I want to know about Weierstrass fiction, either I got to go to Alfors or I go to that book written by someone by name Ramanathan. Okay, so this is what happening in those days. If I sum it up, the concentration and the devotion was more. If you don't get it, you run around. You write to TFR, you write to Kanpur, or you write somewhere and try to search. For example, in I, as I said, in IIT Kanpur, the library is very good. So what you do is you go and search. Sometimes you may not get the answer for which you are searching, but you may get some other good piece of mathematics which you want to appreciate. Okay. So now that is one thing which is important. Secondly, uh, sometimes uh, you may not get an answer at all. I still remember a, a small incident. There is a theorem called uh, Kronacher's theorem, uh, which tells about the density of points in S1 circle. Uh, somebody says by Kronacher's theorem, you get it. But I don't know what's Kronach's theorem. You may not believe for two days I was uh, searching. Indeed, I was weeping because I, I don't know the proof. And they say that it is easy. Statement is easy. So it took me two days to find out in some book the proof and so on. So therefore, the intensity is more. So intensity and devotion was more that time. Another important thing is Competition is very less. But now you would have got the point. Now if you look at the modern thing, whatever happens, if you Google it, you get it. But unfortunately, you lose the pleasure. You lose the pleasure of getting answers on your own. So you just see it and get it. So it is like... Uh, uh, mountaineering, I used to say, unless you go there, you don't experience. If you go by a helicopter, what is the fun? So therefore, that is really a demerit which is happening now. I give, a, I ask a question in the classroom, within five minutes, you get it. Uh, see, for instance, uh, as you know, I run many outreach programs. Some students, to, uh, I asked Sterling's formula, they immediately say, I asked, how come you know it? So it is there in the smartphone. <laughs> so they will not really appreciate the depth of Sterling's formula and its relevance. That is one dangerous thing happening. And secondly, there's a lot of competition now. Uh, as I said, uh, until I finished my MSc, I did not know what is, uh, where is IIT Kanpur. First of all, what is IIT? But whereas now everything is available at one stroke. So therefore, competition is more. And uh, 
now things are more structuralized if at all a word like this is there what do i mean by that you have to join by this date you have to finish your course of this by date you have to publish a paper by this date after 5 years you should be thrown out so that is not research in those days i still remember in my days there were people in theoretical physics who were spending 10 years so therefore that particular thing so now what happens is the phd has become a program like msc academic program whereas phd has to be the gateway to build a character build a career sorry to build a career is it happening i am not very sure otherwise you see everything is available and uh, you have many talks and uh, many inspiring lectures and so on but somehow your involvement is marginalized so that is uh, something bothers me if you have any more question pertaining to this you please ask so i had a slightly related question on uh, yes computers in general yeah so um, on one hand it made information easier right but i'd like to take a little bit more mathematical view on this right. by which i mean so uh, even during your phd days yeah. computers or computer science in general wasn't really used too much in mathematics so one of the i think the first theorems that were proved um was the four color theorem right and which was done using a aid of a computer it wasn't done using computers uh, completely but um, did you, uh, you you have you seen this uh, change in mathematics itself the use of computers improving things right yeah so this question is uh, whoever is listening should know that it's a different question i was talking about general perception of a phd program in those days and today but yes computers the aid of computers is something really profound tremendous for example i, I am excited to know that uh, algebraic geometry uses a lot of computers computer calculations and uh, similarly as you said uh, many of the even four color conjecture and so on they use computers and uh, that is i think it should be encouraged but uh, i don't know suddenly uh, you get a paper saying that uh, i calculate all these things using computers so now the question before me is uh will computers or computer usage be integral part of mathematics research i don't think so so as in do you think that i guess in an extreme end you no know, mathematicians can't be replaced by computers so i think that that's at a very extreme end but do you think that you know there are still some things that you know computers 
can't get there you know come because yeah yeah de- uh, for this the uh, the definite answer is yes computers cannot uh, computers or for that matter artificial intelligence cannot replace mathematics and mathematicians certainly they would be useful see for instance we all know that harmonic series is divergent okay now if you ask your supercomputers to calculate the term which crosses a thousand you know that harmonic series is divergent so it has to cross every numbers even if you want it to cross 1000 you have to wait for maybe 100 years i am not uh, i am little vague about the numbers but you google it you will know so therefore if i depend on assume that in the days of eiler uh, and others or uh, even kind uh, this uh, computers were assumed that they were there and if you ask the computer to calculate then that is the end of it so now you really need mathematical mind to say that summation 1 by n is divergent uh, if i if you ask me what is the uh, most surprising thing or most exciting thing happened i would uh, one of them would be this if you slightly increase the power it is convergent if it is 1 by n it is divergent so such things are there even in modern mathematics where your computers cannot replace therefore the answer is computers cannot replace mathematics and the questions which are uh, raised in the ambit of uh, say theoretical physics or other sciences computers cannot be a solution computers perhaps can assist us so you would have seen computers being used uh, extensively extensively in everyday life right uh, starting from your college days to now yeah. so did any point of time was there any point of time when you felt fearing uh, uh, computers fearing yeah like i'm asking because i know uh, people of uh, especially of your generation there there would be definitely many people who would not know how to operate a computer so was there any point of t- point in your life where you had to learn a lot of things and you felt okay probably i'll have to catch up with the generation something like that you are you are trapped now <laughs> i am going i am going to talk a little more maybe extensively see again i may go for an anecdote in my course work in iit kanpur i have to do a computer course you know that was a mainframe computers not this desktop or windows and so on you people may not even know uh, you got to use punch cards so there will be a mm-hmm. i think <laughs> <laughs> this see what you heard stories yeah <laughs> of those so, old archaic days right so the mainframe computer would be 
much bigger than a two-story building, and they keep it inside uh, in IIT Kanpur. There again, there are only very few institutes where uh, computers were bought. One of them being IIT Kanpur, another one is TAFR, and so on. So uh, there will be a card. It it the functioning is no better than. Have you given telegram? No. <laughs> okay. That I will talk on some other occasion. So there will be a card. Assume that you want to write "I love you." Uh, it punches. It makes uh, uh, holes. You may not know it has done properly. You may not be able to rectify, or you may not be able to even know that it's done properly. You give it in the computer, and computer immediately throws it back. You see, you are typing something which you are not able to see it. So it is quite depressing and annoying. Uh, 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 needless to say that I failed in that course. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I never went that side. And fortunately, you know, I at Kanpur is a little more flexible. Uh, somehow I scrapped through the. The teacher was kind enough to give me a D. So I came out. After that, my relation with computer was, uh, but of course, when I was in TAFR, uh, we were. Uh, that time uh, the uh, desktop started coming. Uh, you know, uh, 286, uh, that is called 286. Then there was a 386. The computer which you use is, uh, what is that now? <laughs> Do you know Pentium? Yeah, Intel you Pentium, know? again, yeah, old days. <laughs> yes. I'm telling about forefathers of Pentium called 286, 386. Then there was a 486. Okay. Then Pentium 1 came, Pentium 2 came, mm -hmm. Pentium 3 came, and immediately it was uh, taken back. Then came Pentium 4, and then now uh, you have uh, uh, dual core, core, core. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is how computers being, uh, the generation started coming. Uh, okay. No, now I come back to your question. Uh, I think I should confess that my relation with computer is limited to LaTeX. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think uh, uh, with my modesty, I want to say that uh, uh, I'm very good at uh, LaTeX. So much so, even if I want to write a leave letter, I write only in text. <laughs> so uh, otherwise, uh, okay. Uh, the smartphones and such things are uh, people are using it. Sometimes I feel little uh, left out, as you said. Uh, otherwise, I have the confidence that I can learn it if I want. Mainly because I learn, I like learning, and I spend more time with the students, children, and uh, I learn from them. So therefore, uh, this is my relation as such with the computers. And uh, see, for instance, I am writing uh, one or two books. Uh, I use pictures and so on. So I use tech 
very extensively and exhaustively. So with that, my relation with computer, <laughs> it is like coexisting both. I see. I would like to perhaps quote uh, what Hilbert said once. You know Hilbert? Yes. yes. See, he was working uh, and uh, there used to be a mathematician, Klein, who was the chairman in his university. One day he couldn't uh, come and uh, Hilbert was supposed to uh, uh, address persons of uh, technocrats. And he made only one sentence. Uh, mathematics is prospering, technology is prospering because we mutually coexist without having to do with the other. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I think I think most problems will be solved if uh, we have a structure like this. When there are two things which are coexisting, but they don't have to interact with each other. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know. The answer would be yes and no. <laughs> Sometimes you need sometimes. So I, I guess now coming back to your journey in academia. So after your PhD life, so how were your initial days as a postgraduate or uh, post PhD? Like when you started joining? Right. So uh, I think I've after I, after I finished my PhD, I got an invitation or I got an offer from TAF. Uh, in those days, it's called fellow, uh, PDF and so on. So I was unfortunate that uh, I couldn't stay longer in TAF. That is one of the, you know, uh, the best place uh, in India. Uh, yeah, really a success story. Maybe after a while, I'll talk about it if you want. But uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I got a job in uh, Pondicherry University. Uh, in fact, uh, I did not want to join. I went there uh, getting TA to see my parents because <laughs> Pondicherry University was giving TA. But uh, they have given the job. My father said, yes, you should join. So I joined. So therefore, uh, NICER is a second institute for me, uh, which I am seeing right from the scratch. Pandicherry University just joined that, uh, just started that time. So uh, immediately I got a PDF from, uh, from a uh, university in uh, uh, France. It's called University of Poitiers. And uh, so uh, after that, I came back. So my stint in Pondicherry University is mixed. Personally, yes, I got a job and uh, uh, I can settle down and such things. It's not like state universities. Central universities are little better placed. Uh, but research is uh, almost zero. Uh, library is symbolic in the sense that there is a building, there are some books, but absolutely no journal. And that was the time uh, we had uh, Narashima Rao uh, as the Prime Minister, who was concentrating on elementary education in a, in a, in a way that's good. 
So he was not giving money for higher education. So uh, you, uh, so I don't know what to do. Immediately I started concentrating on uh, teaching. So I love teaching right from my young days. So I started uh, spending more time with the children, giving a lot of courses. So that was the time, uh, I think, uh, uh, whatever I want to tell is something uh, uh, to do with uh, the establishments of uh, NICER and ICERS and so on. So the central government thought that uh, science should be improved. So you catch them young. So you uh, admit student after their plus two. So the only thing to do is uh, start integrated uh, MSc programs. So the UGC started in four uh, central universities, Hyderabad, uh, the Pondicherry, and uh, BHU, maybe some other places. So uh, they started uh, integrated programs. But that was little, uh, in a sense, it's more sensible in the sense that there were two streams. One, mathematics, physics, chemistry. The other one is physics, chemistry, either biology or earth science. And another fortunate thing happened. Uh, I was very young that time. The learned professors, they thought that it is below their dignity to teach undergraduate boys. <laughs> oh. So I was very happy. So I was teaching a lot. Indeed, uh, we were able to produce very good students because the young boys, they have always come with questions and uh, uh, I can see the spark in their eyes when I teach difficult things. And uh, so I was enjoying. So then I thought that this is my life. So I, I should concentrate on teaching. Uh, so that's how I was uh, spending my time in uh, Pondicherry. Uh, then uh, MTTS came. So I was spending a lot of time. Maybe every year I was going to MTTS and teaching. Uh, so this is how Pondicherry was, was there. Sorry for uh, those of us um, and maybe some of the listeners who don't know. Can you please tell us a little bit more about MTTS as in the expansion yeah, and so on? I will come to that. Uh, but uh, before that, okay. So you were talking about like how you were in Pondicherry and then... Ah, right. What I wanted to say is giving a course and teaching is what is expected of you by the university. If you want to do research, yes, it is up to you. And uh, of course, you can put it in your CV. But for them, uh, I have to take classes. Uh, you will be surprised. Uh, even the faculty of NICER would be surprised. Uh, I am supposed to. I was supposed to teach 16 hours per week. That means almost three hours per day. And uh, in terms of courses, uh, three courses in art semester, two courses in the even semester. So when there are six uh, teachers. The department is full. So therefore, these are the problems. But also you see that that makes you a little more harder. <laughs> so uh, you, 
you don't find uh, difficulty when you have to go to classrooms. So now I come back to your question, namely MTTS. It is also an offshoot of the people who were working in harmonic analysis. So initially, uh, we had uh, a biennial conference in harmonic analysis every once in every two years. I also organized one in Niger, and next year, uh, uh, Niger is going to organize one more. I organized in 2009. So uh, I think it was, it started in 1989. And uh, we all went by train and uh, such things. And in one of the harmonic analysis meetings, people uh, discussed about the necessity to start summer courses. Uh, I think I should recall at this point, there is one Sundar in IMSC, VS Sundar. Of course, Kumaresan uh, from uh, Bombay University, earlier he was in TAFR, who was also had done a profound and very important work in uh, harmonic analysis. So there should be a summer program. And in the initial days, uh, they don't even know how to do, how to make a system or a structure. Uh, for instance, uh, they asked uh, uh, the modus operandi and so on. I still remember I wrote a letter in those days uh, to the organizers, namely Sundar and uh, Kumaresan, that uh, why don't you do it on symmetry? Symmetry is a notion which is available not only in uh, algebra, analysis, geometry, applied mathematics, and so on. So you have a theme. So what I mean to say is that they don't even know how to begin with. And slowly then they, uh, they, have, uh, they have come to a conclusion to teach what is being taught in the university. So what is the difference? See, in the universities, you are asked to believe. But uh, like J.P. Sir says, uh, mathematician, you should suspect. Even uh, Buddha says, you should suspect everything. The light has to come within you by yourself. So therefore, the notions, concepts, uh, uh, the proof, everything you should find on your own. So uh, there is a famous, uh, I think, uh, uh, quotation from Franklin, eh? you tell, I forget. You teach, I remember. You involve me, I learn. So therefore, first, if you want to learn mathematics, it can be done only by doing mathematics, by involving the boys or children or girls to do it on their own. So that one was uh, actually, I don't know who is the, what they call Reshan uh, Doet in French, or Rishi Molam in other languages. I don't know whose brainchild it is. I 
I cannot say it is a brainchild of only Kumaraishan. There are a lot of people. And uh, that, but Kumaraishan is the one who had crystallized that idea. And uh, who executed, who made it possible. That's how MTTS was born. So MTTS, to begin with, it came out uh, an exercise, as an exercise by a handful of mathematicians. But Kumaresan was the one who actually had spent his own life uh, for the benefit of students and for the success of MTTS. I would say that we were all uh, what you call wheel horses. They would also work, but they will not be known. Uh, since you said that, it came to my mind that as a first year student, uh, when we were having uh, our M101 course by Professor Sutanu Roy, it used to be very uh, fun watching him and his PhD students eating with along with us in the nearby can uh, canteen tables and right. laughing along with them. Yes. That used to be very lively. Right. So that is needed. I think uh, where I was going uh, with it before was that, you know, in even in school, you're kind of conditioned to believe that, you know, there are uh, there's this strata where, you know, there are teachers or professors. And then, you know, you're not the same. You're not a colleague. You're not, uh, you, you will never be at, you know, the same level, yes. whatever the social right. uh, level that exists but um you know once you come here i guess once you grow as an academy yeah uh you slowly become a colleague yeah. not really just a student yes or you know or maybe more appropriately you become students of the science together yes so i wonder you know uh, in your experience teaching uh, uh, teaching in other countries, in France in particular, uh, were there any uh, were there any instances where you know this cultural difference was something that you felt, or and or any you know striking instances in teaching uh, in France or any other uh, in in abroad? Uh, I have taught only in France, not in other places. Uh, I know French and. Uh, uh, but of course, not to the level which was expected of in France. But France is a very cultural country. They are uh, very proud of their own uh, etiquette, uh, discipline and such things. Uh, also their science and so on. There are many professors from other countries working in France like uh, North African uh, people, uh, like uh, Libya, uh, Morocco, and so on. And uh, they Greek also. There are uh, There is a famous mathematician, Varapulat, is from uh, Greece. And Delin, a uh, Nobel uh, field medalist, Delin is from uh, Belgium. He was working there. So I never felt that. I never felt any such uh, problem. The only difference is they don't have much room for that in the sense that they come to the class on dot. After the class is over, they will vanish. 
like we do in our schools. Same thing happens here also in Niger. Like you said, uh, you you felt on par with teacher. But tell me honestly, how many students feel that way? I do know here some students run away not meeting the teachers. They don't, they are not willing to meet the teachers. So mentoring is meant for them, which you don't to need perhaps in Western countries. I don't know because I never felt that way. Do you think the students are different? Like, are they differently conditioned? Like, were, were they able to approach you as a professor uh, better? They have enough confidence to come to teacher and ask. Let me tell you in simple one line, their feedbacks are honest. <laughs> Whereas here, you know, uh, they are afraid of teachers, they are afraid of themselves. So therefore, uh, the main purpose of education is gone. We have to give them confidence. Are we giving? So that is a big question for which we need to answer at some point of time. People would have asked you, what's the use of your research? I'm, I'm sure you would have encountered such questions multiple times throughout your careers. So did you at any point of time find a very appropriate answer to it? So um, the thing was, even in, uh, well, if you can consider me an academic already, but in my very short span as um, a student of science, I've been asked in places, not in neither, when I was... Uh, when I'm going back and talking to my friends from school or in any social gathering that is not considered just of, you know, uh, academics or scientists. Uh, when I tell them that, you know, okay, so I've been learning, you know, all these things. I've been doing all this university math. Oh, this infinite dimensional stuff. Oh, complex analysis. Oh, multivariable calculus. Lebesgue integration. So like, Okay, then what? Like, I think there is this idea that mathematics is a mean to an end. Okay, you're learning all these things, but then what? What's the actual point of all this? And I didn't know what to say. For me, the answer was, oh, it's cool, I guess. Uh, I think it's fun. It's an art. You enjoy it. But it was, it seemed very super, superficial to me even when I was saying it. But so I guess... Have you, in your experience, had, you probably had more time to think of it. Have you come up, come up with a better answer or is this the actual answer? That in, in fact, I have two answers. One is irresponsible answer. Other one is a little responsible answer. Which one do you want first? I think we want both. <laughs> uh, do you all know the mountain air uh, Mallory? No, we don't. See, Mallory was supposed to have scaled Everest. Uh, he died. Uh, there was an avalanche. He died. After that, of course, uh, we all know uh, other two, Tenzing and uh, So somebody asked, why are you scaling the mountain, mountaineering? The answer is because there is a mountain. 
science doesn't grow with a predefined aim or destination or purpose for example uh, the favorite example which i used to give is it's not true that einstein came with special relativity theory or general relativity just uh, from a dream many people do not know that he was doing a full course on riemannian symmetric spaces given by none other than minkowski you know minkowski space time geometry do you think that uh, he would have thought that uh, that kind of exotic mathematics which he does where the distance is taking the negative values also would be of any use hyperbolic geometry is very interesting he wouldn't have thought but finally it was useful so there are many things you do some of them may not be relevant now some of them may be relevant later some of them may be useful immediately but your purpose is to do science forget about everything at least when you do science at least you get a scientific temperament that is an urging very important need of the society you need the scientific temperament when you are doing science and uh, secondly in mathematics coming in particular to mathematics as i already pointed out you develop an analytical mind and secondly you enjoy you do it uh, for instance i still remember uh, hardy said that whatever mathematics is doing will never find applications but now you know that uh, uh, defense industry uses hardy whatever he has done so therefore later it comes so the now question is because there will be a use after 40 years 50 years should the government fund should the manpower be produced should we do mathematics i will say yes because this is how the humanity develops human kind develops see for instance when uh, people think that uh, descartes whatever descartes had found is one of the 10 most precious primary inventions of uh, mankind what did he find he only found cartesian coordinates he had imaginary lines but now uh, you have a sphere you have a longitude you have a latitude and such things so they are quite useful all your gps gps everything uh, uh, whether implicitly or explicitly uses such a simple uh, idea so but dekart uh, was more of a philosopher than a scientist maybe he would have thought that this is a philosophical pursuit he got it similarly 
complex analysis was born because they couldn't find a root of x square plus 1. But why should I find a root? There's a polynomial, you find a root. But now, can you get rid of complex analysis without nothing is workable? So therefore, the, the modest answer is, in order to develop scientific temperament, which would be useful at, at some point of time, it is essential in a society to have such things. So, uh, that brings me, you quoted Professor Hardy. So, that reminded me of one of his own quotes, where he was nearly of the retirement age and he said the later years of a mathematician should be devoted to teaching and writing books about what he has done. So, what do you think about yourself in the later years of your academic life? Um, you also mentioned you'll, you are coming up with a book. No, no, there are, uh, it appears in one question you ask two things. One is, uh, what about in my retiring age? Uh, I have a very strong uh, dream. I want to die while teaching. Uh, I am not. <laughs> it is not a theatrical statement. I would be able to pursue it. So teaching, yeah, I am teaching maybe from my plus two. I call students, I invite and put them and keep on talking. So teaching is my passion. So much so, uh, I cannot live without it. As you know, I never had summer vacation. I used to go to MPTS. I organized my own things. So vacation is a painful one for me. Even after retirement, uh, I already started getting uh, some offers. And uh, after a while, I may not associate myself with an institution, but I would be pursuing teaching. That's one thing. You asked about book. So this question is haunting me for a while. Why should I write books? There are already books. But now, unfortunately, maybe over the years, I'm becoming old. I don't like any books. I somehow think that each book lacks something. Uh, my students know that I never carry a book. I never follow one textbook. I first put the target. I keep moving towards that, taking ideas from other uh, sources, sometimes from my own source. I had two students. Uh, one is uh, Prajakta and Amudan. Other one is uh, Rajula. They somehow liked the way I was giving problem sets and teaching. They said that uh, you are breaking a difficult theorem or a difficult uh, idea into a smaller problem. And when we do it, we get the confidence, we learn also. So that is a good way of teaching. So then I had the ambition of writing books on that way, in that way, in that uh, uh, treatment. So it is a very difficult task. 
and secondly writing books is important because we have ramayana but still we have 101 books coming out of it looking at the nuances looking at the intricacies looking at the new ideas so therefore books have to be written number one secondly when i was in france uh they never bother to learn english mainly because everything is available in french every book there is a mathematician by name deodorn uh, godma and so on they wrote many books even godma is still writing you may think that uh, we are not venturing ourselves writing books in our vernacular languages that's difficult but whereas writing a book for an indian student is entirely different from the books written for american and western students there is a difference and uh, so therefore writing then i was convinced that writing books is essential see for instance i have uh, you all know jordan kerfier uh, you take a complex plane you take a curve and you know that the complement of that curve has two parts one is outside part which is unbounded one is inside part which is bounded right and where is the proof <laughs> there is no proof you may not believe for 32 years people were using it without giving a proof then somebody wrote a proof so now the same question i ask in the several variables uh, p power n so you need a good amount of algebraic topology to answer this question uh, when i was teaching uh, when i was asked to teach algebraic topology the books written either at a very advanced level where you have many other things this particular simple theorem is hidden or your books written at a elementary level about points of topology there is no book beginning with the scratch which end up with this theorem so therefore if somebody writes a book maybe that is useful for some more people so therefore i would urge two things one writing books is essential especially for indian students secondly the the helm of us who are in the science propagation or improvement should also appreciate people writing books that's very important say for instance you also asked about research when i ask myself the question i have written very few papers not many papers but i am proud that in my paper i used harishchandra's work except tfr or isi or iisc nowadays not many people learn lee groups and such things so um, all my papers i wrote alone 
but i would rather believe that the books which i am writing will bring me more uh, name and fame than are relevance than the papers so therefore i don't say that you should not write research papers research papers you write because you have to make a living you have to need a promotion and such things but at the same time you also think about this one this is also an academic pursuit which is more useful and important for the students so um as a final question i was wondering if you know you had you know anything else that you wanted to share to you know us as aspiring um, academicians but also to people who are trying to get into science by people who are trying to get into science i mean you know people in high school uh, who are thinking about joining um, uh, institutes like us yeah. but even us who are doing you know um, integrated course integrated masters course right. or you know are currently in undergraduate sciences so anything that uh, anything else that you like yeah. to you know warness of or you know tell us to be excited about there are two things uh, whatever you pursue whether it is science or otherwise you should be honest to yourself what i mean is if you want really to do good mathematics or good science go for good science don't go for a compromise and uh, secondly there is uh, you all do you know tiruvalluvar <laughs> you may not know there is a poet and so on he had uh, he is a tamil poet scholar there is a one uh, statement poem which says it is only with seven words it says that killing a rabbit by arrow is much much smaller and inferior than even harming an elephant by a, by a, by other some other two meaning thereby you should ask for to fight with an elephant with a spear then killing a rabbit by an arrow so therefore you should ask fear for big things one should not go for smaller ones and uh, the other one is the most importantly honesty whatever you are doing you should do carefully all your talents everything come later when you are ready to work hard when you are focused towards science or whatever goal you have you will certainly you will bound to succeed another important thing is creating a scientific atmosphere in our country is very very important scientific temperament is important the technology had given us lot of merit it also had given demerits like uh, encouraging astrology for example so uh, you should be careful uh, this is what maybe you call it a message and uh, it's a long way to go 
not only does you know a statement like this give us a sense of purpose by saying that you know there is some way to go but also some sense of direction so i think um, this might be a good place to stop uh, and uh, thank you so much for taking so much time off your schedule and talking to us so uh, i i am also very thankful to you because these are the questions which uh, i keep on asking myself sometime uh, the legacy is also important my past experience in some way or the other sometime positive sometime negative would be useful so you gave me an opportunity to discuss and i am very thankful to you and my best wishes and i would always be available for any type of interaction if you think i am worth it thank you for listening to this episode of nice cast this episode was hosted by prahlad narsimhan and me nisarg vyas edited by anirudh takmola produced by spandan anupam ayush singh and jyotirmesh shotam if you like this podcast you can find us on google podcast apple podcast and spotify and tune into our next episode till then tata